0: I'm going to start by taking you through Matthew 14. I and mean, if you've got a Bible don't open it. I know I normally say open it and we'll go through it because I just actually want you just to sit and take in and not read around what's going on or anything like that. You can read it later if you want to. I'm just going to point out some things that happen that come from Matthew 14, it pretty much tells us about a day of Jesus' life. And so we'll start there and then we'll, we'll go on. So this is what happens. And as I said, I really would love you to, to not hear this as an information passing on, but actually just feel what it would be like to be Jesus in this day. So Matthew 14 starts off with John the Baptist being beheaded. And so John's disciples, in verse 12, it tells us, John's disciples came and took his body away and buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So your best mate, pretty much your cousin, has not just died but been killed brutally. And if you think about it, John the Baptist and Jesus' relationship was really, really close. Because of everybody, John got Jesus. He knew who he was. He lived a weird life and Jesus lived a weird life. And so they sort of got each other in a way that probably most other people didn't. And so Jesus is told, you may, not just dead, beheaded. So Jesus gets on a boat and goes off to be by himself. But hearing of this, the crowds follow him. So when Jesus gets to the other side, he sees a large crowd... And verse 14 of Matthew 14 says, Jesus was moved with compassion and healed their sick. So he's distraught. He's suffering. But he sees the suffering of this crowd. And instead of saying, I'm turning my boat around, he's actually moved with compassion and heals the sick. And he's there so long that the evening is approaching. And his disciples say, you better tell them to all go away because you can't get much food here. Everybody's hungry. Stop healing and send them off. But Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. We'll give them something to eat. And so they find that there's five loaves and there's two fish And Jesus gets them to all sit down and he takes the five loaves and the two fish. He prays, he breaks up the five loaves and the two fishes and feeds everybody that's there. Jesus very well could have said, These guys are ridiculous. They come all this way, they're not prepared. It's their own fault, they don't have any food. I shouldn't, like, it's not my job to feed them. I've got my own stuff to deal with. Yep, get them away so I can deal with my stuff and they can do their thing. But his compassion says,
1: doesn't matter why they need food.
0: Let me give them the food that they need. And after this happens, Matthew actually says, immediately after this happens, Jesus makes the disciples get on the boat and go ahead of him and he sends everybody off. And then Jesus goes up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Because he still needs to work on the grief that he's feeling
1: because his best mate John the Baptist has just been beheaded.
0: And this is all in the same day. And then... A storm comes and the waves are hitting the boat. And shortly before dawn, so Jesus spends from evening to dawn, so most of the night, he's away by himself, is what Matthew would indicate. But then he goes out and he walks on water. And they think it's a ghost and the disciples get scared. And Peter says, if it's you, tell me and I'll come walk. Jesus says, Come on out. Peter walks from water. And then Peter gets a bit scared. He starts to sink. And Jesus reaches out and says, You have little faith. Why do you doubt? And those on the boat worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of Man. And then they cross over and they land in another place. And the men of that place recognize Jesus. And so they tell everybody that Jesus is there and more people come and Jesus heals more people because of the compassion that he has for them. Pretty big day. A day that in all days Jesus probably could have said, I need to go somewhere by myself. And everybody else can just look after themselves for the day. Tomorrow I'll heal some sick people. Today... No. But it was his compassion that moved him. And compassion is quite different to even love. Compassion, if you look at the Latin and all that kind of stuff, actually says, I am so moved that I am going to suffer with you. That's the kind of compassion that Jesus had on his hardest day. Maybe not his hardest day. Maybe his hardest day was Gethsemane and dying on the cross. But even if you take that day, what did Jesus do? As he's in pain, he looks over and says, Your sins are forgiven. Today you will be with me in paradise. The suffering of others still mattered to him. I actually believe today that God wants to do two things. And I think Lisa mentioned hardening of hearts before or hard hearts being softened. And that's what I believe God wants to do this morning. And when it comes to compassion, he wants to do it in two ways. For some of us, we are not
1: compassionate
0: towards others like we should be and even in this room there may be people that we look at and we say it's your fault you made the choices you didn't bring your lunch why should I have any thought because you didn't like it's your you're the reason, you made the choices so the situation you find yourself in is a situation of your own making and so we have no compassion for them Compassion isn't about this person is unduly done by and so I will have compassion for them. Compassion has got nothing to do with whether the person deserves it or not. It's about seeing suffering and saying that is not the way that God desires it to be and I'm going to actually do what I can to relieve that suffering. Even if it is just to mourn with you as you mourn. As the Bible tells us to do. So I think for some of us, he wants us to realise that we are harder on people than he is.
1: And we need to soften our thoughts and not just
0: go, bad luck. And then for some of us, I believe that we have no problems being compassionate towards other people at times. But we've forgotten that God is actually compassionate towards us. And so I think we need to soften our hearts towards ourselves and realise that the compassion that Jesus talks about and is all throughout the Bible, that God actually has that compassion for you. ...that you are worth the compassion that he gives you. Not because of anything you do, but because of who he is. And so I just want to remind us of some of the things that God says. So I'm going to read some Bible verses and I just want you to, again... ...not intellectualise what I'm saying, but to feel it. And either to remind yourself that this applies to the person that you're not showing any compassion for or to remind yourself that this is what God actually says about you. This is the compassion he shows to everybody, including yourself or including that person that probably may not deserve it. You may be really justified in the reasons why you think that person suggests suffer the consequences. But that's not the God that we know and follow and serve. I'm going to start in Romans, and this is Romans 8, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. If you are condemning someone or condemning yourself, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He has set you free because of what he has done from the law of sin and death. These kind of verses are found everywhere, but one of them is in Psalm 145, verses 8 to 9. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. He has made you and he has made every single person. His compassion is for everyone. Jeremiah 31 3 to 4 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again, you or Israel will be rebuilt. Re- God actually draws us with his unfailing love,
1: his everlasting kindness. I'm going to read Psalm 139,
0: verses 1 to 18. Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my beds in the depth, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand would hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and light will become night around me. Even the darkness will be not dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God! How vast is the sum of them! When I count them, they would outnumber the sands of grain, and when I wake, I am still with you. God knows you. God knows the person that you may think deserves whatever it is, the suffering that they're having at the moment. But you cannot hide
1: from God. Wherever you go, He's always there. And He's not there for anything else but with a hand. We're
0: wanting to welcome you into his presence, into his love, into his compassion, into his restoration. Even in the Old Testament, we see time and time and time again Israel forgetting about God. But when they remembered and cried out for God, God didn't say, stuff you all you've forgotten
1: about me for 70 years, his compassion said, you are suffering, I will come. It's the same for us.
0: His compassion for you is not based on anything but who he is. And so that means that you are actually enough
1: That God is actually for you. He's for you and has the best for
0: you. He actually wants you to live in the freedom that He brings, not in being bound up by hurt or by suffering or by even choices that you've made. He actually wants to set you free. He wants to restore the things that have been taken away because that is a compassionate God that he is. Even on his worst day, he is compassionate. Even when things are tough for him when he was on earth and now he's in heaven, he is compassionate towards you. Paul would tell us that Should we go in sinning so grace can increase? And in case someone is sitting there thinking, cool, I'll just do whatever I want. We cannot take
1: the grace and the compassion for God for granted. But it is always there for you. There is nothing... you can do that God can't forgive
0: and forgiveness God's word says as far as the east is from the west so God has removed my transgressions he remembers them no more
1: we're really good at remembering things against other people
0: he deliberately chooses not to He doesn't hold it against us. And I'm so grateful that even when we do the same thing over and over again and we're like, oh, come on, this is the 50th time, God's forgiveness still reigns. Just want to finish by reading Romans 8, 31 to 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all that we need? Who will bring any charges against those that God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died... More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God the Father, is interceding for us. Whoso separate us from the love of Christ, so trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future or any power, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I always love that it says, or anything else in all creation. If you think of you anything else? Let me just cover it off for you. If you think you are too far gone for God, or that person is too far gone for God, read Romans 8 again.
1: Nothing can separate us from the love that God has. Forgiveness
0: is always there. Freedom. He's always given and restoration is his job. He's in the business of restoring things. We live in a world that is broken and we all know that we have done things
1: deliberately sometimes that break the way that God wants it to be.
0: But God's compassion is Says, I will not stand back and just laugh or grin at your suffering and say, Serve you right, told you.
1: I will step in
0: and I will mourn with those who mourn, I'll rejoice with those who rejoice. I will be moved with compassion. And even if you could have done it yourself and didn't, that's not going to stop me from giving you the food that you need to healing you when you need healing, to loving you when you need loving, and to actually show you compassion and help in the restoring process of what God's on about. And how fantastic would it be if we were... People that could live completely freely and freed from the baggage that we carry because we know and understand the love and the compassion that God has for us. What a testimony that would be for those who are hopeless, for those that are feeling condemned, for those who feel like Life is just the way it is and it's not going to change. For us to live in that freedom and for us to offer that freedom to others and to say our God is a God of compassion who does not condemn, who actually is in the business of restoring what is broken and I want to be a part of restoring that in your life too.
1: So I just want us to sit for a moment
0: And if your heart has been hardened towards someone, maybe more than someone, what a great chance just to stop and say, Hey, God, change my heart. Give me your
1: love and compassion. I can't do it myself. And know that He will.
0: Or if if you're someone who you need to know that you are actually enough, that God is for you, that his compassion doesn't just extend to anybody else, it actually extends to you. Can I encourage you in this moment to ask God to reveal that to you? Sometimes we can't see it ourselves, but God can open our eyes And remind us of the way he has been compassionate. Can remind us of the forgiveness that he has for us. And if neither of those things are you today, why don't you just spend a moment just thanking God. Thanking God for the freedom that you live in because of him. And ask him to help you to extend that freedom to others. So let's just do that
1: now. Lord God, we do want to thank you that you are a compassionate God.
0: That we see when Jesus walked on earth time and time again, God, that you didn't excuse people's choices, but you still had compassion for the suffering that those choices caused, God.
1: That you are so in
0: the business of wanting people to be free, Thanks, God, that when we get to heaven, there will be no suffering. There will be no pain. There will be no tears. And so we pray, Lord, that more and more it will be on earth as it is in heaven, God.
1: That you will help us, Lord, to be
0: vessels of your compassion for others, God. That we won't stand at a distance, but we will come close to people. That we will relieve suffering when we can, God. That we will have compassion for ourselves and understand your compassion for ourselves, God. That we will be people that can walk in the freedom, not because we are perfect and do everything right, God, but because of you, we are enough. Because of you and the fact that you are for us and not against us. That there is no condemnation because Jesus gave way to the law of sin and death. So I want to thank you, God, that freedom is ours. And so I pray, Lord God, for those who are not walking in the freedom you want them to, God, that you will give them hope, that you will show them, God, your love and your grace and your compassion that you will just heal what needs to be healed and release and restore what needs to be released and restored, God. So I want to thank you, God, that
1: you are such a compassionate God. Amen.